This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby Snymer is on her summer vacation. Great to have you along with me here today on Zoomer Radio. You've heard the news. More than one in three pedestrians looking at their smartphones while walking, either texting, reading, talking, or listening. Bottom line, they're distracted, and they're putting their own lives at risk and the lives of others at risk. So gone are the days when only drivers were distracted by their smartphones. Now it's pedestrians as well. I want to hear your stories of distracted pedestrians. What have you seen while sharing the road with people out there walking? Does this survey about distracted pedestrians ring true to you? And what about you as the pedestrian? How do you deal with the potential distraction of your phone? Almost all of us have a smartphone. How do you resist the temptation to look at it or be distracted by it when you're out walking on the streets, on the sidewalks, through the parks, across the road, wherever you are in public? 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Joining our conversation today is Albert Cole, road safety advocate, also expert on the Chief Coroner's 2012 Pedestrian Death Review. Albert, thank you for joining us. Oh, hi, Jane. So are you surprised by the numbers in this research? Well, the research, uh, no, I'm not surprised at at all. I mean, we know that uh, even walking on the sidewalk, you know, sometimes there's someone in front of you looking at their cell phone. Well, it's uh, it's annoying, right? And that person is, is walking much more slowly. But the fact that, uh, you know, pedestrians are taking more time when they're looking at their cell phone, I mean, it's an unwise uh, thing to do when you're crossing a a busy road. But the fact that um, those people will take more time and are unsteady on their feet, uh, according to the report, that's uh, no surprise. But really what struck me when I heard that report, when I first looked at that summary of the report, was that when they talk about people crossing more slowly and being unsteady on their feet, it, it immediately made me think, seniors, because we know seniors take a longer time to cross the street and they're unsteady on their feet. And we know also that in Toronto, uh, seniors are being uh, killed or seriously injured every five days on our roads. So so I think um, the fact that distracted uh, pedestrians um, will take longer to cross, that's no surprise. But this really isn't a safety report. If we take you know that information, which is not anything that's surprising, but um, use it to say, well, what does this mean in terms of how we regulate drivers uh, so that we have less uh, death and injury to uh, serious injury to seniors, which we know is happening. The report itself doesn't say how much of this distracted uh, walking is leading to uh, uh, deaths or serious injuries. Uh, We know it's a factor. In fact, 
um, when the um, the pedestrian death review in 2012 found that about 20% of pedestrian deaths uh, in 20% of cases there was some uh, distraction that either contributed or caused uh, the collision. But that distraction could be a cell phone, but it could also be pushing a, a shopping cart. It could be walking a dog. And so there are other reasons for distraction that uh, the coroner found in 2012 were leading to death uh, among pedestrians. We also don't know, or perhaps it hasn't come out yet, um, dividing up the demographic in this. What percentage of the people who are looking at their phones are millennials, uh, Zoomers? Uh, because I, I, we see it here in Liberty Village, where there are a lot of 20 and 30-somethings, and not to put everybody in the same category, but they tend to be, at least visually, at least anecdotally, uh, the ones who are are distracted by their phones. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, the report itself really isn't a safety report. The report really was geared towards, uh, it was research that was to go into the uh, building of autonomous uh, cars and uh, um, developing that technology. So it really wasn't a safety report. But but I would say that... um, I mean, it's it's a good thing, and I've seen it. Go Transit, for example, has got a new campaign where they say to pedestrians, "Well, you, sh- you know, those seconds you save, you're going to lose in the long term if you're not paying attention to where you're ca- crossing, especially in a, you know, in in a Go Transit zone." But but I think the real problem is that um, we shouldn't allow, you know, the issue of distracted walking distract us uh, from the main focus on the roads, which has to be dealing with the danger. I mean, the, the danger of someone walking distracted, I mean, there, there isn't any, you know, pedestrians not going to walk into a car and kill a motorist. The danger is from the motor vehicle. And that's where mm-hmm. our focus has to be, how to make our roads safer by focusing on uh, drivers. I, I think there's nothing wrong. And it's, it's a good thing for public agencies to have these campaigns to uh, educate and encourage uh, people to uh, be aware of the danger and not to walk at, uh, you know, looking at their cell phones. But let's not uh, be distracted from the, you know, what's causing the danger, and that's motor vehicles. And the people in charge of those motor vehicles, um, if they're distracted, have a much greater potential of causing harm. So, for example, in Toronto's Vision Zero uh, study, they found that uh, they're almost one uh, pedestrian, sorry, one person on our roads uh, is uh, killed or seriously injured every two days because of what they call aggressive, sort of fast uh, driving, aggressive or distracted driving. So, so that's a real danger to uh, other road users. But at the same time, though, and this seems to be more of a recent message that 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 message of uh, we are all sharing the roads, cyclists, pedestrians, and drivers. And as pedestrians, if we remain undistracted. We're more aware of what's happening around us, and we perhaps can see this vehicle coming at a higher rate of speed much better or be aware of it in our peripheral vision if we're looking straight ahead or around rather than down at our phones. Yeah, and that's why I say, I mean, education campaigns are are a good thing to educate people about that. But the focus of our of our laws really should be on making the roads safer by dealing with the danger. The, the danger is caused by motor vehicles, uh, either by fast speed or, or you know unsafe turns and so on. Uh, crossing the road more slowly, as I say, I mean that might that isn't necessarily just people looking at their phones. Uh, the the experience we have is that uh, you know seniors are, are people who cross the road more slowly, and they're the ones that are, are paying the price. So as I say, I, I really worry that uh, these types of studies, even though 
useful. I mean, we, we know that people on their phones are distracted. We know it in, in our everyday lives, uh, even sitting across the table from someone who picks up their phones chatting on it. But, but the, the focus of the law and our road safety efforts have to be on uh, dealing with the actual danger. And the actual danger is posed by uh, motor vehicles. So these discussions that we're having today about, um, a dis- you know, about pedestrians and, you know, distracted cyclists or whatever, I mean, you can go back all the way to 1910, and there's always been complaints about uh, pedestrians or cyclists or, or bad drivers. But, but really, you know, if, if the only uh, result of that is to uh, distract us from trying to deal with the, what's causing the danger, which is motor vehicles, then I, I think we lose. Would it not be fair to say that we were safer as pedestrians prior to the handheld cell phones? Well, there are always going to be distractions. I mean, this is a new distraction and and developing sort of an etiquette in general about uh, cell phones is something that's important. But uh, there always will be distractions. And I I, I repeat that we, we know from experience that, for example, seniors are exactly like, you know, in a sense, the end result in terms of crossing more slowly and um, being unsteady on their feet and knowing that uh, one senior is being killed or seriously injured. um, I think it'd be unfortunate if we say, you know, if we look at this and and going, you know, go beyond education, which is important. Mm -hmm. If we look at this and say, well, if only pedestrians would be better, then we'd solve the problem. Well, we know from the last hundred years that uh, focusing, you know, trying to put the blame on pedestrians hasn't solved our road safety problem. We actually have a theme running through the show today. It's Walking Wednesday. We're going to, in the half uh, half hour after this, uh, leading up to one o'clock, talk about the senior safety zones, the additional 53 of them that are going in this fall. So uh, there is a cohesive theme to, to the hour and Certainly, we take your point as we get into that discussion as well. I would like to involve you, the Zoomer Radio listener, in our conversation, your experiences as a pedestrian, watching other pedestrians, perhaps your perspective on how we can make the roads safer. If if you use the roads, you share the roads. 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Val in Kitchener. Hi, Val. You're first up here. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I drive a tour bus for a living. I drive in many cities across our fair continent. Um, I see the distracted walking thing all the time. Uh, One case in point, I was stopped at the line um, at a red light, and a lady on her phone walked into the front of my bus. Wow. Um, my bus is 45 feet long and 13 feet high. I got out to see she was okay, and she looked at me. She said, I didn't see it there. She was on her cell phone as she was crossing the road. So how often has this kind of thing happened to you? Do you see uh, distracted pedestrians coming towards you when you're stopped at an intersection or as you're approaching an intersection? I, I see them crossing. If I'm in the front, right at the line, I'll see them coming close to the bus. Um, if I'm back further, I can see them coming close, and all of a sudden they'll catch the sight of the vehicle out of the corner of their eye, and they'll move. Um, unfortunately, I have to say that um, Toronto is one of the worst cities for it. Um, I've been to Chicago, New York. Um, yeah, Toronto, I see more of it there than I do in the other large centers. Okay, Val, thanks for calling in. 
All right. Uh, and just uh, walked into the studio now is Toronto Police Constable Clint Stibby. It's been a busy day for you. You are the expert on the streets of Toronto with regards to how we are all sharing the roads. Uh, you just caught the tail end there of a woman named Val from Kitchener who drives a tour bus and says she was stopped at an intersection and a pedestrian looking at her phone walked right into her vehicle and said, I didn't see you there. And the bus is 45 by 13 feet. Unfortunately, I think we've all seen the video of the lady that's walking through the mall and walks right into the fountain while using her cell phone. Right. These types of situations are occurring. But we need to recognize that an individual that's walking on a sidewalk, on a pathway that's not on the roadway, I mean, you can use your phone. There's, there's, really, there's minimal danger there. But the moment you start interacting with traffic on a roadway, you need to focus on what's happening, what's happening around you, where, what situation you're walking into. Uh, and I even uh, used this example, what I had earlier this week, a uh, pedestrian was attempting to cross the road, rightfully, with the right of way, a car uh, essentially almost strikes them. The pedestrian has to jump back. I, I heard you telling the story. Yeah. I used and that this morning in my newscast. Well, exactly. Point yeah. being, the driver was charged, but the end result was, had that pedestrian not been aware of what was happening, they could have very likely have been struck. The end result is it is a shared responsibility, primarily the driver, because the driver really is the threat to everybody else. The driver needs to pay extra attention. Mistakes are going to happen, whether it's made by a driver, a pedestrian, or a cyclist. But the reality is those mistakes are costing lives. And this is where we all need to be engaged. We all need to take charge of our own safety. And obviously, drivers don't necessarily look at it that way because they're looking for a threat to themselves, which is another vehicle, a bus, a truck, any type of other situation other than a cyclist or a driver. So the drivers really do play a key role in this. But that being said, pedestrians and cyclists have to play a big part in their own safety as well. And effectively, what Constable Stibby is saying is much the same as what Albert Cole is saying to us. Albert Cole is on the line with us, Constable Stibby. He's a road safety advocate and expert, um, was also consulted on the Chief Coroner's 2012 Pedestrian Death Review, and basically saying that the, the larger message needs to go to drivers to make sure they're not distracted and driving aggressively. It seems there's a little bit of a handle on the impaired driving. That's seems to be less, but that's been taken over by the distracted driving. Absolutely. I was uh, on the 401 and a vehicle ahead of me, middle of the day, it was around two o'clock in the afternoon, is wandering all through the lane, encroaching into the next lane over, coming back. I'm like, it's going to be an impaired for sure. Pull the person over. They're on their cell phone. Distracted. But at that point, I believed I had grounds to lay charge of an impaired driving. All I needed was the alcohol. The person was sober. They admit it. I was, I was on my phone. Mm. And the reality is... That vehicle is moving at over 100 kilometers per hour. So in the downtown core, we don't see generally cars traveling that fast. We have had cars that we've caught well in excess of what the speed limits are. Uh, but that being said, anytime you add any level of speed into a collision, you're going to be looking at a fatality. But what's interesting is when I ask you, what is your definition of a speeding vehicle? What would you say? A vehicle traveling at what rate of speed? Uh, well, speeding 10 or 20 kilometers an hour over the rate of speed, the, the posted rate of speed. So I would argue with you anything over 30 kilometers per hour is speeding in the sense that uh, a pedestrian has about a 90% chance of surviving a collision being involved in one with a vehicle at about 30K. At 60, that individual has about a 90% chance of mm-hmm. dying. So when we say, yeah, you may not have been breaking the speed limit per se, the reality is if we have a 50 or 60 kilometer per hour zone and a pedestrian is struck, it almost certainly will be fatal. Albert, uh, Constable Sibby brings up a point about 30 kilometers an hour being at, uh, the the speed at which uh, the pedestrian is likely to survive. Does this play into the planning? Uh, because we are seeing more 30 kilometer an hour posted signs across uh, neighborhoods in Toronto. 
Yeah, well, well Clint uh, put it uh, really well in terms of the, the threat being from the vehicle. So the new, um, the new planning around Vision Zero really uh, integrates the idea that uh, there will be mistakes on the road. I mean, we, we talk about uh, people on their cell phones, but it could be uh, a senior who takes uh, a long time to cross a road, is unsteady on their feet, could be someone uh, walking a dog. Um, so, so what we're trying to do with the Vision Zero is to um, take uh, some of that uh, inherent danger in the motor vehicle from going over 30 kilometers an hour uh, out of the equation. So, so that's how our thinking has really changed over the last number of years, whereas before we'd really put the focus on trying to tell people, well, it's your responsibility for avoiding the danger. Our roads are dangerous. Make sure that your conduct uh, uh, is is perfect so you avoid those dangers. Well, of course, no one's conduct is ever perfect. So um, by harnessing the speed of cars, um, we make those fatal uh, collisions uh, uh, less likely or even serious injury uh, because at every increment of speed over 30, uh, your chances of, of death or serious injury are increasing. So, so that's the new thinking around uh, um, road planning and road safety is that we, we can't simply focus on uh, telling the pedestrian or cyclist that there's a danger on the road. You've got to be hyper aware of that uh, because we know people will m- make mistakes. I want to hear more of your stories, uh, you the Zoomer radio listener, as we uh, have a conversation based on the research that came out early this morning that more than one in three pedestrians is distracted by their smartphone while they're out there walking. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Let's go to Eileen in Scarborough. What's your story, Eileen? Well, my story is we've got to stop blaming the seniors for everything. And I'm a senior. I've never had a smartphone. My claim to um, uh, social media is a laptop and a flip phone, Mm -hmm. which I never have on because I got the phone for me if I'm out and I need to call a cab because I don't drive anymore either. I don't drive not because I'm not allowed to drive, I don't drive because I could get killed out there by all those young people driving with their phones still on the steering wheel or they've got the uh, Bluetooth or whatever it is where they can just talk. A hands-free telephone is not necessarily safe. Okay, but Eileen and Constable Stibby, I don't get the sense that we are blaming seniors for pedestrian collisions. I've heard it mentioned several times. They're a bit unsteady. They're walking dogs, like young people don't walk dogs. Okay, well, let's get some clarification. Thanks, Eileen, for your call. So that's exactly a a good point. We're not blaming anybody. We need to keep in mind that uh, we've got different generations. I'm I'm gonna use this as an example. I'm gonna age myself by doing this. But when I got my cell phone, I primarily use it for phone calls. My kids get it. They don't use it for texting. They don't use it for phone calls. They use it for Snapchat, Instagram, uh, posting on Twitter, whatever the case may be. So what you see is a change in the way an individual has used the phone from uh, when they were first really brought out back in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, to how they're being used now. They, they've, 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 I'm not going to say advanced, but for lack of a better description, they've advanced. The, the way we integrate those devices into our lives has greatly increased. In some cases, for much the better. I use it for medical reasons. I can, I can get information that I can get right then and there when I need it. So absolutely great product, you know, great for the community as a whole. 
with a small caveat. No matter with all the good, there's a little bad. And the little bad is the risk that you put yourself in if you step onto that roadway and are not aware of what you're doing. We have had situations, and, and, and obviously a situation we're not using a cell phone, a person has stepped off of a, ro- uh, a sidewalk onto a roadway backwards into a vehicle when the vehicle is right behind them. These types of situations can still occur. And as Albert said, we, we know that mistakes are going to happen. We want to try and minimize that, uh, causing any sort of fatal uh, or serious injury type collision. Reducing the speeds is a key component of it. Drivers being extra aware and uh, paying attention because they are essentially the threat to the cyclists and pedestrians. But the pedestrians and cyclists also, when using those devices, being aware of what's happening around them. Because as I used in that example from earlier this week, that pedestrian essentially saved their life because they were watching those vehicles. They stepped out, they saw what was going on, and they stepped back. A person staring at their phone, the last thing they would have seen or done would may have been the last word or letter they saw on the screen or typed. We don't want to see that. That, I don't think, is a goal of anybody in this city. They don't want to intentionally uh, hit somebody with a vehicle. Mistakes are occurring. But why not do something to protect yourself? And again, it's driver's main responsibility, but pedestrians uh, and cyclists aware when they're interacting with traffic. Anytime you add multiple road-using groups into one environment, there will be conflict. We expect that. We just don't want to see any injury or death. Albert Cole, do you want to clarify your message for Eileen, who sensed that seniors are being blamed for some of the pedestrian collisions? Absolutely. Um, really, um, our focus, uh, the focus I was trying to make clear is that uh, seniors, unfortunately, are, are the victims. It's not a question of blame at all. Um, what we're trying to do, uh, I think in general, there's a real uh, push to uh, get all of us to be more active, whether it's cycling or, or walking, and that's especially important uh, as we get older. Um, but unfortunately, our roads aren't uh, aren't safe. And I think the problem for a lot of people, whether seniors or not, is a lot of people, uh, number one, either don't want their kids or, or their or, or parents uh, to be on the roads because they are currently unsafe for a number of reasons. Uh, we know, in fact, that a number of uh, people, sort of for all the talk about, uh, um, you know, putting the focus on pedestrians, a lot of pedestrians are being killed every year in our city and across the province when they're walking on sidewalks. So, so we obviously have to design a system where people can't be, you know, aren't being killed on our sidewalks. So, so much to the contrary of blaming pedestrians, really what we're trying to do is create a road environment where everyone feels safe and feels safe enough that they want to go for a stroll down the road and uh, to exercise, do all of those things that are really beneficial for us. Um, other than, uh, other than the fact that uh, many people consider our roads unsafe. You're listening to Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, Jane for Libby, and Terry in Etobicoke. Hi, Terry. What's your message or comment? Hello. First of all, thank you for your program. I really enjoy it. And, and I would like to just say yes, that go ahead. I happen to be a, a person in her 60s, mm-hmm. and I do walk with a limp. So I'm really glad that they are looking at something like extending five more seconds uh, at certain uh, uh, lights where people can cross. They're looking at that. But I really think for a person like me, you would need eight seconds anyway. Five wouldn't be quite enough because it doesn't get me across as much as I need to. 
And we will so be speaking in detail. Better as an extension at the light. Right, Terry, and, we're going to I speak. Mean, uh, eight to ten seconds gotcha. is better than five seconds. I understand. I, I'll get to Constable Clint Stibby's take on this as we um, get ready to transition into talking about the senior safety zones. How much time is required if you have a bit of a disability in crossing the road properly? I guess it depends on the street, too, it, right? No, Some it, of them are really wide. Well, I'll use Spadina Avenue at Dundas as an example. That is uh, six lanes, not including the two uh, transit lanes in the center. That's an eight-lane roadway. And I saw a lady uh, attempting across the street. She started right when the, uh, the light had gone green for her. As she was crossing, she only made it about th- not even three-quarters of the way through. I actually stepped onto the road and held her hand coming across so she could complete her crossing. But by then, the traffic had already uh, been given the green light for the opposite direction. So we need to keep in mind that in the city of Toronto, we're going to see a marked increase in the number of seniors in the city over the next, say, 10 years. Uh, when that happens, are the adjustments have to be made to the infrastructure to help uh, those individuals move through the city safer. But the reality is uh, the city is trying to balance the movement of traffic versus the movement of pedestrians, minimizing the conflict and light timings right throughout the city. A small change even at one intersection, we'll use example uh, Liberty and Dufferin, uh, they're going to extend the uh, crossing time, or sorry, the light time there because uh, north-south Dufferin has priority for those buses. Anytime a bus rolls up, that light changes extremely fast. But they also at the same time have to give more time for vehicles to get out of Liberty Village. Right. So I don't know if you've noticed, but well, we experience it here all the every time, every single day. Yes. So the city has recognized that they need now, because of the sheer volume, what's coming out of uh, Liberty area, that they need to increase that time. So they're making adjustments for the cars, but at the same time, that's going to give more time for the pedestrians to get across. But they're also looking at giving a five-second stagger for the pedestrians to begin their crossing prior ah, to. So much that's the same. Smart. They, they do the same thing down at University in Ad- uh, Adelaide, mm-hmm. where the pedestrians actually begin their crossing about five seconds before the light actually changes. So what happens is those cars can't make that left because the pedestrians are already there. It's not like they're stepping out as the vehicles are coming out. So these things are being done in a check and balance type situation. Some are working better than others, but the reality is it is a challenge to try and balance the needs of every single community in the city perfectly. They're making adjustments and those adjustments have to be made, assessed, analyze and decide if they're too much, too little. And as I said, with the change of the demographics, we're going to see, I think, uh, one third of the population will be uh, considered seniors under police uh, definitions, which is uh, 65 years of age and older, uh, come 2028. The city has seen that in the census. It is coming. And the fact is, less kids, more seniors. Now, what happens, you become more susceptible to injury if you are struck by a vehicle. The older you are, maybe health complications, complications from the impact, any number of different things. And unfortunately, this is part of getting older. But at the same time, anything the city can do to make the infrastructure safer is obviously what they're working towards. But keep in mind, there's 5,600 kilometers of roads in the city. To make one change on all 5,600 kilometers would take years. So we have to keep in mind that they're going to make the changes where they can, where they're going to be most effective, and they have to do it in a triage-type environment where they're picking the most critical areas first and spreading out from there. Great information as we get ready to change topics into the senior safety zones. Uh, Constable Stibby, thank you so much for coming into the Zoomerplex. And as well, Albert Cole, we appreciate your time and perspective. My pleasure. Thanks, Albert. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.